Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. <laughs> What's up, guys? Welcome back to episode 118 of Psychotic and Iconic. Paul's here along with my co-host Nick Theories, Mikey P, and Philly Phil. Thank you to everybody that's tuned in to the live stream tonight. If you haven't done so already, please go ahead and share it. Thank you to everybody that likes, follows, and subscribes to all of our platforms. Mikey P, take us away, sir. All right. Big day today. NFL trade deadline. It was insane, man. Insane. Craziest of all time. Easily. All right. But first, let's do our thing here. Episode 118 of Psychotic and Iconic, powered by Playmaker, is brought to you by Prize Picks. Daily fantasy made easy. Also, right now, we are live at the Props Network at PropsHQ.com. Be sure to go over there and subscribe to our show and keep up with all of the latest and greatest in the NFL. Last but not least... Fantastic fabric, P&I merch, courtesy of IPB Pressworks, Cherry Hill, New Jersey. Be sure to let us know via DM if you want P&I merch, and we will get you hooked up. All right? Everybody good? Paul's is wearing it. Everything's, everything's great. I got my hoodie on. <laughs> chilling. Put that shit on. So... We got the Phillies, too, right after this. So this is a special episode, 7 p.m. for you guys to make sure you could go and watch the Phillies. We're going to do the same thing on Thursday for our pick show, Week 9 Picks, 7 p.m. Again, that's Thursday, 7 p.m. Now, are you guys ready? Born. <laughs> you all ready? All right. NFL trade deadline. Let's get right into it, Okay. What was the best deal of the day? Because there were a lot of trades. Like, this is un unprecedented activity by the NFL at the trade deadline. You usually see, like, one, maybe two deals. You saw a lot of deals today. All right. What was the best one and why? Uh, for me, it was Miami taking Tua. Um, I mean, I'm sorry, Miami um, getting Bradley because to be honest, for me, that just signifies that with giving up all their draft capital for Hill and all that, it just tells me that they're all in on Tua and they believe in him. And um, I mean, they should. They're 4-0 in the games that he started and finished. Uh, they're, they're good, man. And they're not being talked about among amongst the uh, NFL's elite. 
So I think that they need to get into that conversation and they needed a pass rusher badly because they weren't able to get to the quarterback unless they were blitzing. And Bradley Chubb, sure as shit, changes that. You took my answer, but you know what? I'm going to go a different round. I'm going to have a little spin on it, a theory spin. Um, I am going to say Chase Claypool to the Bears, and I'll say this. I like this trade for the Steelers. They get a second-round pick for Chase Claypool, who hasn't really done shit in a long time. He ha- He's not really needed there. He doesn't fit their system. They're looking for shifty receivers who can go deep, who can go across the middle, who are fast, who can get open. He's he's a big body that can go deep. That's what he is. He can go across the middle a couple of times, but and and all he doesn't fit that mold of Steelers wide receivers such as an Antonio Brown, a Heinz Ward, um, uh, an Antoine Randall L. Those type of players, uh, even a Pickens, um, he doesn't fit that wide receiver mold. So I like this for the Steelers. I think they won. They got a second round pick for somebody who really wasn't putting up second round pick production um this season so for them to sell high it was a fantastic move so um, my hat's off to the Steelers how about the Steelers today being ultra active like they they made two moves today they acquired William Jackson from the commanders yeah that was definitely surprising that they they were very active um but I also agree with Pauls I'm gonna say one thing about the Bradley Chubb deal because obviously yeah it gives them the pass rusher that they need but also what is forgotten about Miami is they have two solid corners that, and they've been getting exposed a little bit this year because they're being asked to cover a little bit longer. So adding to the pass rush also should improve the Dolphins on the back end where they have a lot of money invested with the cornerbacks. So very strong move, pretty much solidifies a wild card in my opinion. Um, but I will also go a different route. I'm going to say – just to be different here, I, I think that the Dolphins were number one move. I'm going to go with the Eagles with the second move because, again, just adding to the pass rush there, and it's an embarrassment of riches for the Eagles. Um, we kind of talked about this one on Tuesday already, so I won't go in depth. But, guys, what was the worst deal of the day? The worst deal of the day easily was the Chicago Bears. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, he kind of explained why in his answer before, but they gave up a second round pick for mid. Yeah. I mean, it's Chase Claypool. He's not like, here's the thing. And I put this on TikTok earlier because I'm genuinely confused. Like I get it. You need to know if Justin Fields is the guy. And I, because you know, a quarterback, you need a quarterback. It's a quarterback's league, but Chase Claypool isn't a big enough difference maker for you to make that judgment on fields. So I just – I don't understand it. It's way too high of a pick. If it was a fifth or a fourth, I mean, I, I think a fourth is too high, to be honest, too, because he's never had more than 875 yards, and that was his rookie season, and he's never had more than, I think, 62 receptions in a season. So I think Chase Claypool was way overrated when they said the Packers were going to get him, too. To me, he's not a difference maker. He's a three, two at best, and I would – I don't even think a two is I – mean, maybe Aaron Rodgers can make him a two, but Justin Fields isn't going to make him a two. He's a three. Yeah, and you know what? Um, you know, th- this guy has just been inconsistent his entire career. And he's ha- he has the physical skill set to be a one, but the work ethic and consistency of literally like a four. Mike. And, and oh, sorry. And they basically got their compensation back that they spent drafting him a few years into the contract. So, I mean, yeah, I, I agree with you there. I think that's the worst. Um. I got another one, though. If you don't mind, Theories, I'll 
I'll skip sure, ahead real quick. I think you might agree with me here, actually. I think the worst deal of the day was actually TJ Hawkinson to the Vikings. Damn, you took my shit. And you know what, yeah, Nick? You can you I can agree. explain it first. Nick, you explain it no, first. You and I'll... You go. You announced it. I'll piggyback. Pause. <laughs> <laughs> I, and look, I'm not trying to pick on the Vikings, but we have all seen what the Vikings do. They do not use the tight end position at all. TJ Hawkinson's good, but they they paid a lot for this guy. They they just got they gave up a two and a three, um, for a guy that they're probably going to use in a sprinkle. And I'll I'll leave it at that so that Nick can say more. I, I think Nick's got more here. Yeah, I'm 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 with you, man. I mean, look, did Irv Smith pan out? He had high hopes. He didn't do jack shit all year. Um, any tight end that's been there since Kyle Rudolph hasn't really produced. I don't know. It's just not their scheme. I, they're, they're not, they don't scheme the guys open. TJ Hawkinson is more of a pass-catching uh, tight end. And not for nothing, he's mid. He's mid. If, if he was electric, the Lions wouldn't get rid of him because they need to rebuild, and he's a young player. So why wouldn't they keep a player like that on their team if he was an actual all-star tight end or, or a pro bowl, that is? And th the Lions know he's just not it. So for them to get a second and a third back for TJ Hawkinson – is, is, a, is a home run for me, and it's a bad deal for the Vikings. However, I understand why the Vikings did it because they're in a win-now mode. They see the opportunity in in, in the uh, in their division, especially with Green Bay falling to three and, three and four, three and five. Three and five. Three and five. Yeah, excuse me. Um, so they see an opportunity with a three-game lead there, and, you know, they swung for the fences. I don't think they're going to get what they paid for in Hawkinson, but I see why they did it. I just don't like the deal. I feel like you could have got somebody else on the market um, or called around for other players. Nick, let me ask you a question about TJ Hawkinson. Does he play linebacker or cornerback by any chance? Does he play safety? Uh, I believe he plays tight end. Because <laughs> that's <laughs> where the Vikings needed to go. Yeah, I they, agree. They have, like you said, the win now mode. And Pauls is over there basking in his glory, as he should. They are a one-loss one team right now. And they had an opportunity to fix a glaring weakness that is going to catch up to them at some point. It hasn't yet. Um, I, I still don't think they've even been challenged. I think this was an impressive win, though, this week. I'll give that to them. I think that was an impressive win facing a team that was kind of surging, building some momentum, and they just shut them down. The Vikings were winning that game pretty much the entire time. So this is probably their most impressive win besides the Packers game. But, you know, that's turning out to be something too. Are, are the Packers even impressive? I don't know. And I, I was Mr. Packer. So, Pauls, do you want to answer to this? Yeah, I mean, look, I'm confused from Detroit's angle because I don't under – like, I get it. It's a second and third round pick. But, like, what are you trying to do? You're trying to build for the future – Aren't you trying to win games too? I mean, it wasn't Dan Campbell just saying that this year was the year that the team can and will? Can and will what? Keep trading and backing yourself up? I mean, TJ Hawkinson's a nice player. Let's not get that twisted. And Kyle Rudolph and them guys, they were under a defensive-minded head coach. If TJ Hawkinson's going to thrive, it will be now and moving forward under Kevin O'Connell. I, I mean, didn't Tyler Higby have a good year last year? And the year before that? It was under Kevin O'Connell. He's an offensive guy. That they didn't I mean, really use him enough. And Ooh, Detroit, I'm sorry. So the Rams didn't really use Higby enough, though. And 
same thing here. I just wonder if the Vikings will use him enough. And then also the Lions didn't even use him enough. That's the weirdest part is the Lions invested that first round pick and he clearly is talented. The Lions didn't even use him enough. The one thing I would say about the Rams with Higby is I'll give him a little bit of a pass because Matt's, unless your name is Cooper Cup, Matt Stafford isn't throwing you the ball and he's not looking. Um, or Odell Beckham. I mean, Odell Beckham came in and went crazy, but that's because he's talented enough to beat one-on-one -on -one coverage. But I just, I, I like the move for the Vikings because they're going for it. Um, I don't, I mean, I don't think it's that crazy of a price to be honest. Um, but you know, that's, that's just where I am on it. I think he'll fit in nicely. I think we'll be able to get Kirk a lot of underneath stuff because now you have to worry about he's, he's a shorthanded tight end. This is so smart for the, for the Lions. They trick, this is how high they think of TJ Hawkinson. They traded him within the division. That's uh, how, that's how wow. high they well, you just said they gave up a lot of draft capital. So you would trade anybody for that. Sure. But the Viking, I mean, like, yeah, but if I'm giving it to my rival, if, if, if they had a Justin Jefferson type of player, or I, let's just say Travis Kelsey, are they, are the Chiefs trading Travis, uh, Travis Kelsey within a division? If they offer him three first round picks, yes. No, they're not. Yes, they are. I, I don't think they If the do. Chargers come to the, come to the Chiefs right now and offer them three first round picks for the next three years, they move Travis Kelsey. At his age, I'm talking about in his prime, in his fourth year, do you think the Chiefs would trade Travis Kelsey? For three first round picks, I believe that they would, they would think about it. And Absolutely. I mean, they would, that's, that's a different magnitude, right? A second and a third, would they take it? Well, no, without, yeah. But, without knowing his, his future. No. Okay, so why? I mean, because you can see if the guy's the guy. Correct. Yeah, but and, Nick. And I think the Lions have four years of seeing this guy is expendable. We can get a second-round pick. We can get a third-round pick. We could stockpile picks, go get our quarterback next year, and let's build this thing. No, because you know what they should have did? They should have kept TJ Hawkinson, or they should have took those second- and third-round picks and immediately traded them and fixed their defense because their problem isn't scoring points. The problem is stopping people. Right. But they're at a point now. They're what? I think they're one in six. One in one six. In, yeah. I mean, look, they're, they're sellers. The turnovers, the, but the turnovers coming. I right. mean, I, I don't even think Dan Campbell's going to make the year, but that's. No, I, I think he's going to make the year. I think he should get the shot. But what I'm saying is he's expendable. The Lions know that. They need to rebuild that franchise. They're one in six. What good is the, does having a, uh, a tight end in two years is going to command possibly 15, 20 million a year? Is he worth that kind of money? No, no, but he's if you're good to build something. You're not going to pay a tight end who's mid at $20 million a year, but that's the price tag of the free agency. That's, 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 that's trending. And this is, this is going to happen in 2024. But the thing so is, they, is they, they didn't want to be spending money on a tight end either. Right. They don't want to be, be pigeonholed pigeon to pay them because you could have even traded and got something for them when the, the lions know they're going to trade him now at his highest value. He could, he, his stock could, could drop. He could, he could be buns. In, in, in Minnesota. Doubtful. And and his stock would, would would skyrocket. And now Minnesota, they they gave up a second and a third. They're pigeonholed to even signing him. I mean, sure they are. A second and a third, that's a steep price for a tight end. You have to sign him now. He's gonna be a Viking. He has yeah, they to. Must, they must have plans for Maybe, him. I mean, look, here's the thing. We're not, we're here. Let's not let's not say that T, act like TJ Hawkinson sucks. I'm not saying he sucks. He's a very good tight end. No, that's not what I'm saying. But what I'm saying is for the Lions to trade him within division, knowing the contract situation in two years, this was a smart deal for them and a bad deal for the Vikings. I I disagree. I just I don't I don't think that I don't think that TJ Hawkinson is a difference maker on a bad team. I think he's a, a difference maker on a good team. We'll and see. that's why the Vikings jumped on it. We'll see. I mean, we're going to see. I mean, I, I don't know.
I don't know because the, the Lions don't look like they were struggling with points. If he was like a, a, a difference maker, the Lions would be better than one and six. We'll because see. they have Amon Ra. They have other wide Well, no, teams. they're scoring 45 points a game. They're just letting up 70. I mean, they've their offense have di has dipped yeah. in the last couple of weeks. Yeah. Well, Jared Goff turned into Jared Goff. Yeah, he's back. So, but yeah, no. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, that's 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 really it, man. Like, I I, I just I don't like this deal for the Vikings. Um, and I I I feel like the Lions got the better end of it. Truthfully, uh, for all so the reasons go that. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm done. Yeah, I was gonna say now, guys. We want to talk about surprising developments of the day. Um, I see Godfar mentions the Eagles didn't get a running back despite all the hype. Godfar also asked, did Green Bay get anyone? So here, the most surprising developments of the day, guys, that's the question. Not necessarily has to be a trade. It could be most surprising development of the day. And to answer Godfar, that's right where I was going. Green Bay and Tampa Bay standing pat, not doing a thing today is the most surprising development. Green Bay especially. A Green Bay not getting a wide receiver on this market with Brandon Cook still available and upset. Um, for example, getting outbid for Claypool, yes, that's a high price to pay. I understand why they backed out. but like I agree with Green Bay on that. But Green Bay, though, not getting anybody is absolutely unacceptable. It might have actually just sunk their whole season. That's how bad it is. It was already sunk in that three and five. Not the NFC. That's true. That's a good point. The Green Bay Titanics. Yeah, they're I mean, only the a game out of a wild card. They absolutely just threw away their whole season by not acting. Absolutely, they they also turned their quarterback against them. I guarantee you that their quarterback is sitting there like, "What the fuck?" Okay. I just I just re-signed here to win championships. What is going on? And also uh, on the Tampa Bay side, seeing that Hawkinson's available, I thought Tampa Bay would have been interested in a guy like Hawkinson. And then Mike Gusecki's right there too. Mike Gusecki didn't move. That's surprising. Tampa Bay, I, I don't get I don't get either of these teams when they know they have a win now win uh, window. But, guys, tell me the most surprising developments of the day. Um, and you can echo off of what I'm saying, too. Feel free. For me, well, number one, uh, the number one thing for me was actually Denver trading Bradley Chubb. Because you have an excellent defense. And it, to me, it indicates that they are worried about Russell Wilson and that offense. And they're trying to recoup picks. Because I don't understand that move. Your defense right now is the strongest unit on, your t on, on the field. Yeah. Feels I mean, like you're money, holding... Mike. What's up? It feels like money because Maybe they were not going to they were not going to move him unless they got absolutely wowed and they basically they got the compensation back that they drafted him with and they possibly answer an issue at running back by getting somebody dynamic like a Chase Edmonds. That's obviously a small part of the deal, but they would have had to pay Bradley Chubb legitimate money this offseason and they already chose to spend that on randy gregory that was a mistake probably if you knew that you had to pay a pass rusher why wouldn't you pay that to chubb i'd rather have chubb than randy gregory they kind of put themselves against the wall here you're not totally wrong though i'm just saying 
Yeah, no, no, no. Those are those are really good points. And I didn't think of the the money angle. But I mean, still, it's just your defense is your defense is the reason that you're in these games to begin with. I wouldn't weaken that unit. And like the Chase Edmonds, I mean, that was a nice throw in. But if you can't, if Mike McDaniel can't get you create enough for you to get open and survive, Nathaniel Hackett's not doing it. So I'm I'm I used to love Chase Edmonds, but I'm out on him. Yeah, he's he sucks. I mean, I threw that in there. They did. <laughs> they did. They threw him in the deal. Like, like yo, take him too. Like We're good. Yeah, he, he absolutely like, was just a throw-in. Yeah. I'm just saying, oh, from their perspective, from their perspective, that's just a small thing there. But they get the pick back, which is huge, and obviously some cap flexibility next year. They obviously mailed it in, and it's weird coming off of a win where they had moments they actually looked like they could move the football. Agreed. It is definitely weird. It's weird. Should have left him in London. That's still the best thing ever. That's fucking hilarious. In theories, what's the most surprising thing to you today? Um, that Naeem Hines is now a Buffalo Bill. Uh, I love this move for the Bills. This is everything for them. I didn't see that. Yeah, Naeem Hines is going to be a machine in that backfield. Holy shit, did he really? Uh, yeah, he's a pass-catching back. Now they have a bruiser in Singletary. Now they can rely on a pass-catching back such as uh, Naeem Hines. I know he's had his his injury history as well, um, but you know they traded a fifth round pick and Zach Moss to get Naeem Hines. They upgraded that um, part of their offense in terms of you know getting the you know the, uh, the running back involved along with their wide receivers. Hines has played great in Indianapolis over the years, and I expect him to pick it up in Buffalo. And I was surprised this trade even happened. I thought Buffalo was going to be interested in Kareem Hunt or you know or. or now another name, like yeah. a Melvin Gordon or whatever. But this trade makes total sense for me. Like Naeem Hines there is perfect for him. That 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 entire scheme. Now, not only do you have to worry about Stefan Diggs, Gabe Davis, Dawson Knox, McKenzie. Now you got to worry about Naeem Hines in the backfield along with Josh Allen running the football and throwing the football. That's that's unreal. Okay. Like if you if you if you think this team doesn't punt now, I don't know if they're ever gonna punt. <laughs> that's serious they're, they're 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 loaded third down is where you make your money and they will thrive at that because they have all the weapons at their disposal and this was a home run for them i love this move for the buffalo bills they are completely loaded they they they, ha- they have no weaknesses on that team yeah, they're nick, they're unreal. you know what nick the, the weirdest part about it is given the, the, the fact that they have James Cook and he's been used more and looks amazing every time they give him the ball. I mean, he had like 75 yards on five touches. Um, yeah. So to me, I actually think they might use Naeem Hines a little bit in the slot and uh, two running back backfields too. I actually think that really they just added him to be another weapon. I don't I don't even think that it's going to come at the expense of James Cook, which is what one would think instantly. I, I think that they're going to use all these guys and they just they they love rotating running backs. So it is actually like it's crazy when you can see all the possibilities that they have here and how they use him. And I mean Singletary's been good this year. So it's they're now just they're stacked at the position. They may not have like a bruiser, but um they got depth. They got depth. So I like that you said that. Singletary will be their bruiser. They'll he'll be the guy in the first and second down getting them tough yards. Uh getting them to like third and threes, third and twos, 
uh, third and fours where you can swing it out to the running back. He can get you five yards, move the chains. That's devastating for our defense. Um, just giving up those kind of plays. And then, you know, the, the fact that the Bills have the firepower just to go deep on you anytime in the, in the game with Stefan Diggs and, and Gabe Davis on the outside, along with Josh Allen's arm, it's just, it's unreal. It's This team is loaded. And I'm excited to see what Naeem Hines is going to bring to the Buffalo Bills. All right. I think that we're pretty good on the trade deadline, guys. You guys ready to move on? Yes, sir. That was wild. That was it was fun. Like it, it felt like free agency all over again. You know what I mean? Like it was just great. A lot of fun. I mean, hey, like I said, the the NFL, everyone knows it always gets talked up like it's going to be crazy every trade deadline. But you usually see only one to two moves. You used to not see any. This is actually like a spike right here. This is like we are maybe seeing the dynamic of the NFL shift going forward. It almost felt like I was playing a Madden franchise today and I saw like 20 trades at the deadline and that never, ever happens. That That's just yeah. uncharacteristic. So maybe we're seeing a shift in philosophy here from general managers and they, and they think that they can get players up to speed in a week or two. Um, But we enjoy it as fans. We enjoy it. So guys, surprises we have to get on surprises because there's been a lot of them uh two years in a row the nfl has been absolute chaos almost so we've kind of touched on this a little bit but who in your opinion is the biggest surprise team this year uh for me i'm going in the negative route and it's the rams they are they're a bad football team and I'm telling you right now, they're not going to make the playoffs because I don't see how they get another seven wins out of their schedule. Their remaining schedule is tough. Like they have buff, uh, the um, the Buccaneers this week coming off extended rest. Both teams desperate for a win. I mean, the Bucs suck too. I know, I know. But who do you trust more with? Huh. Do you trust more Tom Brady on a bad team or do you trust Matt Stafford? I might trust Sean McVay over Todd Bowles. Fair point. But Sean McVay looks like ass too right now. They can't score. The offensive genius's offense is trash. So that's where I'm at with the Rams. I don't think they make the playoffs this year. Good choice. Theories. Biggest I'm gonna, surprise on the team level this year. You know, I, I, I there's a lot of teams for me. I think the NFL has been kind of crazy this year uh, in general. Just You never know what's going to happen. It's a week-to-week league. Um, I will say my biggest surprise – would have to be, and, and and this is this sounds crazy, but it, it has to be the Atlanta Falcons. The Atlanta Falcons are the biggest surprise to me. They are four and four. They are atop of the NFC South. And if you go back to the game a couple weeks ago when they played the Bucks, they they had they could have won that game if that call didn't didn't go the Bucks way. So they could really bury this division right now. So right now. I'm going to say the Falcons. I'm going to say the Falcons. They got I mean, a nice gift win this week. Look, man, to be 4-4, four and four, did anybody expect that? No, I didn't. Um, <laughs> no. And, 
and, and look, I, I'm only saying the Falcons because I believe in that, but I'm also, I know a lot of people are going to say the Seahawks. So I want to be kind of different and give a different perspective here. I mean, look, the Falcons, they signed Mariota to a, a one-year deal, a prove-it deal, come here, run the offense, kind of just uh, stink up the joint for a year. We're going to get a draft pick. The quarterback class is, is, is loaded next year. We just drafted Kyle Pitts, who's, who's, who's a first-round pick um, last year. And, you know, they're, they're looking to load up on offense. But now they just traded uh, Calvin Ridley, who got suspended, and they got a they got a pretty decent return for him. And now they got they got Drake London, who they drafted, who's a pretty he's a pretty solid player. Really, him? He's a solid player. But their system is it works for Mariota. Whatever it is, it just works. And their defense is, eh, they could be had. I mean, especially in the, in the passing game, they're they're. Their, their pass defense is horrendous. Um, but if they cleaned that up, this team would be very, very tough to beat. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you know, and and, they, and they're winning without Cordauer Patterson, who's their best running back. That's crazy to me. So the fact that they are winning football games with this kind of roster just tells me the coaching is – they nailed that coaching. Arthur Smith is the I, man. Arthur yeah, Smith is good. the man for that guy, for, for, for that job. And I, I, I just like the Falcons. I think they're one of those sleeper teams nobody's talking about. And they can just creep up on you and they can they could just beat you in the fourth quarter in the last two minutes because Mariota could scramble. He can make plays on his feet and he can make things happen. And anything that can happen will happen. So that's always been my thing. And I, I just they're playing good football. There's nothing, you know, nothing more to be said. I like the choice and I have to go with the obvious low-hanging fruit here um, besides the Falcons. Actually, my answer would have been the Panthers if not for Pinero missing two Bro. gimme kicks. And, and look, I mean, I get it. He got backed up on the first one because of the DJ Moore penalty. But come on, man. Like, like come on. Like, I, guys, I could kick that with my left foot. Honest to God, I'll go out to the field with you today. I'll go out there right now in the dark and I'll kick that with my left foot. I guarantee you it's going in. I'm like to me, uh, unbelievable that the Panthers yeah, didn't Mike make Akers. Mike like, Akers is in the building. <laughs> Mike Vanderjack. Mikey Akers. Yeah. Mike Vanderjack. I, got a leg. I mean, but that's the thing though, is like NFL kicker missed at least one gimme kick that would have actually put the Panthers in first place despite Starting 0-5. That would have been my pick. So, I have Yo, to go with the Seahawks. I want to uh, say, go Brett, ahead, Mike. Go ahead. Can DJ Walker, like, actually start the rest of the season and get a legitimate shot? Oh, he is. Because in spot duty, he plays <laughs> Amen. great. He is, bro. Yo. He's a gamer. He plays That's well my guy. Give him a chance. Yo. I'm serious. That throw he made to DJ Temple Moore proud, bro. was on the money. Temple proud. So... Give DJ, give him, give uh, PJ Walker a chance. Give him a chance. Exactly right. The NFL is leaning towards those kind of style of quarterbacks. Yeah, plays with their feet, rocket arm, throw the ball downfield. If it's not there, take off and run, get the yards, move the chains, and then try again. Like it, the NFL is shifting towards that. You know what I mean? So he's playing outstanding football. Um, I mean, it's not. It, it didn't correlate to a win, but you know, it just speaks to to uh you know the competitiveness that they're that, that he's bringing to carolina they beat the bucks and then they 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 almost beat the uh the falcons who i just said was one of my biggest surprises yeah and they're um, very much they're very much still alive they're only a game out of first so 
we can't even say that they're dead because of the loss. Like they're they're right in this thing. And PJ's my guy, man. That that man, we brought him in when I was working with Temple football under Matt Rule, Nick. This is back when yeah. you and I were still we were coming off the Eagles stuff. We were partying at the frat. Um, and we're at Temple, and that's when they brought in P.J. Walker, who literally turned around the entire Temple football program. It seems to be forgotten. Um, and every stop that he's been, I mean, the XFL, he dominated. Every chance he's had spot duty, he's he's been solid, and he's got the skill set to do it. That throw that Mike is referencing to D.J. Moore was the best throw in the entire season so far. Absolutely. So, uh, But I have to say Seahawks, though, for the most surprising – only because I actually think they have a really good chance of making the playoffs. Like, and it's prior to this win that they had this week beating the Giants. I'm I'm starting to believe, guys, and you'll find out shortly if if they're gonna make it in my, you know, my final seedings. But this Seahawks team, now that they've improved the defense the last three weeks makes them for real. Like the defense, the defensive turnaround by Pete Carroll's unit in the last three weeks has been unheard of. And, and the secondary is playing at a high level. Tariq Woolen could literally win defensive rookie of the year. Um, I, I'm just blown away. I'm blown away by this team and they're very balanced. And DK Metcalf is not going to be out for an extended time. And he actually played this week, which was stunning. They, they have everything. So, I'm kind of buying them. I said it last week, and then they won, and I'm I'm kind of really liking what I see there. I'm not gonna lie to you; it's an absolute like like it turned the NFL world upside down. The Seahawks sure did. <clears throat> uh, but we kind of talked about some players, but do you guys want to touch on some other surprise players besides Geno Smith? That's like the obvious one. Yeah, that's who I had a backup turned MVP candidate. I was between him and Tua, to be honest, because if Tua makes the playoffs and the Chargers miss the playoffs, we're going to have to have a start start having a different conversation about Tua and Herbert and who should have been selected first in that 2020 draft. Um, I'm going to throw in Derek Carr as one of my surprises. Good pick. And terrible. You got what Devontae you got Devontae Adams. Not him. And nothing. Nothing happened. They didn't get better. Nothing happened. <laughs> they got worse. You know what happened. What, the, co the coach? It's Josh McDaniels, bro. I mean, maybe. He's I mean, bad, bro. That, it could be the case. Uh, well, actually, no. Let me go a step further. The owner. It could be the case. Because you you let Rich Passaccia walk out the door when you had a tumultuous season, tumultuous season, and you let the guy who had the group glued together walk out the door. And that was rule, and that was mistake number one because you shouldn't have let him go. Any coach in the interim that can overcome that has something. That whole team was glowing. Now they're flat. They, they, they. You just got shut out by the Saints. I mean that that that's embarrassing. Devontae Adams had one catch for three yards. The Saints are them, bro. Stop. But I'm just saying they're alive still. They're alive. One catch for three yards. They're alive, bro. They are because the division sucks. But one, oh, they one look better too, though. Well, Andy Dalton's playing really good too. I guess you could throw him in there as a surprise. He's I don't know what's up with these quarterbacks playing good, but it won't last. No, it, you know what? The <laughs> thing, the thing that's holding the Saints back again is their defense. 
That's it. I mean, yeah. It's it's a shutout, bro. I know. So that's one game. So can they do it? Can they do similar? Can they perform similarly next week? Because up until this point, the the defense has been ass. And that is actually one of the biggest surprises of the year so far. Prior to this week. Prior to this week, no. The Saints had a fucking quarterback. They would literally be second Super Bowl favorites right now they in, should the be. in the NFC. They should be. I mean, maybe the Vikings you could throw in there, but this team is loaded. They're just missing a quarterback. And, uh, yeah, I <laughs> it ain't happening this year. Trade deadline passed. It is what it is. Who they got moving forward is who they got. But, um, but yeah, going back to my, my surprise, Derek Carr, um, who else? I mean, there's a lot of names I could throw around in there. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll say Allen Robinson um, with the Rams is a surprise, too. He's, you know, he got paid $40 million for three years, um, and he's he's been nothing for them. I mean, I, I know they're trying to get him involved a little bit more, get him comfortable in the system. But, you know, when you pay a guy $40 million and he's supposed to make an impact on your team, you expect him to make an impact right away, not not in week eight or or trying to in week nine. Uh, it just it's, it, I just think it's a mishap for them. And I just um, – it, it was a bad contract, and I'm, I'm surprised by the level of play from Allen Robinson with the Rams, especially when he's not getting all the attention like Cooper Cup is. So he should be he should be feasting in the offense. So uh yeah. So I'll throw a name in Allen Robinson as well. All right. Let's get moving along, guys. Philly Phil, how about a change up? All right. NFL power rankings. Top five teams. That's where we're going here. And actually, it was pretty difficult for me. I'm not going to lie to you. Um, So that's what we're doing here. We're going to pick the top five teams in the league. And I want you guys to start from five, count down to one, and then we'll talk about it a little bit before we do the same thing with the MVP rankings. All right? Yep. Sound good? Yeah. All right, so number five. Number five, we got the NFC North champions, Vikings. At number four, this is going to be the 49ers. At number three, the Chiefs. At number two, the Bills. And number one, the Eagles. All right. All right. Um, I'm going to go number five is the 49ers. Four is the Miami Dolphins. Three, the Kansas City Chiefs. Two, the Buffalo Bills, and number one, the Philadelphia. I like that. They're undefeated. They're, the bottom line is they're undefeated. You play who's on the schedule. You don't control the schedule. You play who's on it. Yep. Okay? Yeah, they, they haven't beat a uh, uh, a big opponent, but they beat Dallas. They, they handle them pretty well. They don't beat themselves. Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We had Cooper Rush. But you weren't saying that when you guys were 4-0 with him. So, my thing is, you play who's on the schedule. Eagles are undefeated. The bottom line is they're the number one team. And, um, yeah, that's how I feel about it. Can't go wrong. Um, I don't see They haven't lost a game yet with Tua. Um, But, number five, I got the 49ers. All right, just like Nick. Number four, I have the Ravens. Number three, I have the Chiefs. Number two, I have the Bills. 
And number one, the Philadelphia motherfucking Eagles. And I mean, really, just to echo off of what Nick said, how, how could you not pick them as number one? It, it's, the, it, it's the way they're winning games, too. Correct. It's the mm-hmm. way they do it. And it's just the fact that they're they're so loaded. And, and the only thing that was unproven going into the year was their quarterback. And their quarterback is playing at an MVP level. So all else said, we already knew the roster was phenomenal. I said that they were a top five roster excluding QB going into the year. And they added to it with Robert Quinn. So are there any other, like, what else is there to say about the Eagles? They're just phenomenal. They're them. They got a a real path here, guys. They got a real path. Um, I want to ask, obviously, I know Mike was going to give flowers to the Vikings, but I want to ask, like, I want to ask what everyone feels about the Vikings being a possible top five team. I mean, I like them. I think the only thing hurting them is that they, they got demolished by the Eagles on Monday night. But again, the Eagles are a really good team. No other team has done that to the Vikings. So I just, I don't understand it. And like their defense isn't great, but I don't think it's as bad as it's made out to be. I I would say it's in the bottom half of the league, maybe around, you know, somewhere around 20, but I don't like, I just, I don't think that that's going to hold them back that bad. If their offense can keep scoring points. Nick, are you in on the Vikings? As a team, their their record says they're good, right? But what how I like view a team is a team in January and team in December. Does Kirk Cousins strolling into my stadium scare me? No. Does he scare you? On this this year, yeah. Kirk Cousins, I would worry no, about him. Scare you? Dude, that's, this year, he I just said this year. Me. He stinks. He stinks when 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 the the lights are bright. He stinks. He's terrible in primetime games. Primetime games, There's yeah, but his for- – I, I, correct me if I'm wrong. Did Drew Brees lose to him in his last playoff game? The last time they played? The Kirk Cousins beat him, so he can play when it matters. Drew Brees was like 40, bro. What's that mean? That's that's my justification. He was 40 years – he was like – He was still in – he was good enough to get into the playoffs, wasn't he? In Drew Brees last year, yeah. It was it was good enough to get him to the playoffs. He he was good enough to get to the playoffs. Thank okay, you. That's fine. But Kirk Cousins does not scare me. If Kirk Cousins is on the road in divisional game, and he's coming to my stadium, I am not worried. I'm not. You saw what the Eagles did to him in in 2017. They fucking killed him. I get it, but it's different. It's different times. Bro, Kirk Cousins is not good. I'm not a Kirk Cousins he's, guy. He does not scare me. I, I I don't care because he can't run with his feet. That's major. That's how you scare teams when defenses defenses are up all night because they got to prepare for the quarterback to run and to pass. If he can only be a pocket passer, all the defense has got to worry about is go get pressure after him. You get pressure him and you collapse the pocket. He's going to have a long day in hell. Not anymore with TJ. And then you got the crowd involved in it. It's it, it, it. He he struggles under the spotlight. I do not trust this team in the playoffs. I just don't. That's why they're not a top five team for me right now. Yeah, and I'll say this about the Vikings. One thing that does indicate they're a good team beside the record, their turnover margin has improved dramatically this year. Um, and that's the key to the game right there. Like, you're not turning the football over. Um, the offense has improved. It's been getting better each week. I think Kirk Cousins has been steady. I don't think Kirk Cousins is actually playing at a higher level than he was last year. 
Um, but he's been steady, and they rediscovered the run game. Uh, and, you know, TJ Hawkins, obviously, they must have some sort of plan. I just think – I don't, I don't want to call them a total pretender because I think that they're a playoff team. I already had them as a playoff team this year. I think it's a clear-cut thing with them in the NFC North at this point. Um, so not worry about that either. But they've only beaten one team with a winning record the entire year. And that team was the Dolphins, and that team had Skylar Thompson at quarterback that game. And their backs were against the wall in that game versus Skylar Thompson. So, again, it's more of like a, hey, if I see them, if I see them do their thing against a team that is a, a legitimate threat, I will be willing to bump them up too. I just I, I think right now the 49ers roster is better. I, I do think the Vikings are better at quarterback. Um oh no, hell no. We disagree there, but that's why I had the 49ers fourth. What, I had them ahead. Jimmy Garoppolo is better than Kirk Cousins? Every single day of the week on every no single level. Why? He's made a Super Bowl. He's been to two NFC championship games. He makes the throws when they matter in the biggest moments. Yeah, but what and has he, he been doing this year, Mike? I'm sorry, what happened? What's he done this year? Did he not just tear up the Rams? I saw Christian McCaffrey do it, and with his arm, too. <laughs> well, that I, I mean, you got me there. Christian McCaffrey was there, but... I mean, look, Christian McCaffrey was the difference maker in this game. Am I, am I wrong? Yeah, but I mean, he's a special talent. But here's the thing. If Jimmy Garoppolo goes to an NFC Championship game or a Super Bowl this year, all questions need to stop with this guy. All questions. That's there, there what prevents questions. them from winning a Super Bowl, but they are good enough. I think now, look, let me clarify my comments because, yeah, do I think Kirk Cousins is a better quarterback? Yeah. I don't think that Jimmy necessarily will kill them, but if he continues to play at the level he's been this year, he is going to harm them when it matters. The good news is they looked a total – they looked completely more functional – with CMC. And I think actually that move might be a little bit slept on now. I think everybody was a little, you know, everyone was wondering, all right, did they pay too much this and that? But it's, it's clear that at least this has increased the comfort level with Jimmy and CMC has been a perfect fit in the offense. The offensive scheme is, is gold for him and he's the perfect guy for it. So for me, it's more like, okay, the 49ers are where they are. They're the fifth ranked team because a, the NFL kind of low key sucks this year. I, like I actually struggled. I struggled picking number five on my list. I don't think the 49ers are by any means a finished product. I I don't think they've played their best ball yet. Um. So to me, it's like all right. I see a defensive formula that might be able to carry over, and I see an offense that's loaded at the skill positions with a quarterback who won't completely derail them in the playoffs. That's kind of the way I'm seeing it with that team. But I do think he needs to step up. Like, he's he's out of excuses now. CMC, like, pretty much made him excuse-proof at this point. Like, he's – he's I, I he mean, really he's, – he's been horrible this year, guys. Jimmy G's been very nothing, bad Mike. this year. Mike, he, he didn't practice all offseason and wasn't in minicamp. He was running laps by himself in the end zone. So, yeah, he had some rust. He was only yeah, bad for two or three games. It's week eight now. Is week yeah, eight. but and when did he come in? Week three? He had starter reps in week two. Was that week two when Trey Lance got hurt? Yeah. Oh, I thought or, it was week three. I mean, it's only one week. Week but. three. Going into week three, he had first team reps 
on a in a scheme that he already knows. I mean, I maybe expected some rust there for a couple weeks, but it's it's week eight now, and he's got to be better. He's got to be better, and he's he's loaded. He's got plenty of weapons around him. Oh well, so uh, I'm gonna correct myself. Remember earlier I was talking about the Vikings and they got smacked in the playoffs with the Eagles. Well, I'm sorry, it was Case Keenum that quarterback and not Kirk Cousins. Yeah, to me, Case Keenum, Kirk Cousins, Case Keenum. That one year versus Kirk Cousins' career, it's kind of like it, that was like the same player, right? With Kirk Cousins, he had a great year, but like that's that's like Kirk Cousins' ceiling is Case Keenum that year, not Case Keenum in general, but Case Keenum that year. Yeah, well, I mean, that was the NFC Championship game, so I, that's a ceiling. Teams would take that. Yeah, but if you have a a load of roster like Justin Jefferson or. You know them boys. Yeah, you got you. You got to get that guy to to get you to the Super Bowl because that's the ultimate goal. You know what I mean? That's my only gripe with Kirk Cousins. We haven't seen enough of him in big moments and big games. I agree with you. Come up big. Totally agree with you. So that's why I just can't trust him. I cannot trust him in the big moments. And he's one in three in playoff games. Um, and to go back to the Garoppolo point, I mean, I don't know where he's playing bad. He's got eleven touchdowns, four interceptions. The last couple of games, he's played pretty pretty well. Uh, you know, against the Chiefs, he had 300 yards, two touchdowns, and an interception. His rating was 99.3. And the last game with the Rams, had an 84% completion percentage, 235 yards, two touchdowns, and his quarterback rating was 132 and a half. So he's been playing way better. <clears throat> his feet got wet. And now That's that you got also, they oh, stabilized. They hold stabilized on. him a little bit. Right, but now that you guys see him, see it helps you. It helps him out. It helps him. It, it takes it takes a little bit of the load off his shoulders, knowing that he has a running back that he could depend on. Before it was Debo Samuel, it was Jeff Wilson, it was uh, what's his name, Elijah Mitchell. He's had a million different running backs. He didn't know who was who was who was coming in, and you know now that you have CMC, a guy who could do it all, you know what's behind you, Pauls. You you're able to operate the offense with confidence because you know what you have on in, in the backfield. And see, that Nick, that, that right there, the way the way you just described it is exactly why I do have them as my number five team because yeah. it does look to be improving. I'm just pointing out the simple fact that there's a reason why the 49ers moved on from Jimmy G. It's because he hasn't he hasn't been able to take the offense to the next level. And I do wonder if he's going to hold them back. That's the only question mark for me in terms of their their ceiling as a team. Jimmy G, can he can he be a, a better passer when it matters more? Like he's not going to kill you, but is he going to actually go out and win you a game? I don't know that. I don't. I do know though they have an awesome defense and I do know that CMC if he stays healthy they they have it, man. They they could make some noise. They'll be the only team, honestly, that could maybe even shake it up in the playoffs besides the Eagles. Really? Yeah, and Trent, and and Trent Williams is back too. So that's that's a major. major. Yeah, major. I totally agree. totally agree. Major. All right, guys, Philly Phil, we're moving on. MVP rankings, guys. All right. Shorter segment here. I want to know if you had to rank the top five in the MVP race, go from five to one right now. Who you got? 
Number five, I got Tua. Number four, I have Lamar. Number three, I have Mahomes. Number two, I have Josh Allen. And number one, I have Jalen Hurts. Uh, number five, I got Geno Smith. Number four, I got Lamar Jackson. Number three, I got Patrick Mahomes. Number two, I have Josh Allen. And number one, I have Jalen Hurts. <laughs> I mean, my, my rankings are the same as you, Nick, but I have Mahomes and Allen flip-flopped. That's okay. it. The same exact rankings. Okay, that's respectful. I mean, um, yeah, I'm... just because he's 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 got to do a little bit more this year, and he's lived up to it. Uh, but you could you could argue it either Not way. Not mad about so, it. Nope. I so agree. we all have Jalen Hurts as number one. My question is is simply this: Do you think that he will be the MVP? No shot. Really? No shot. Too much of a love fest with Josh Allen. It's too much. He didn't play good against the Packers. Not that he didn't. I mean, he didn't play like not. He didn't play bad, but he didn't play really good. Yeah, there's two bonehead picks. And this is what I was talking about with me. It though. I That's know. I know. But me and you, when we were talking about this off air, and I said Josh Allen reminds me of Donovan McNabb. At the he just does them dumb ass plays where you just look at him and you're like, dude, what are you thinking? But different subject for a different day well here here's the reason why because he's always involved in those kind of plays because he scrambles out he tries to extend the plays make he's erratic yeah so he's gonna make those occasional fuck ups you know what i mean across the field or it 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 just happens it 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 comes with being a playmaker that's how i see those kind of scenarios he just there's a love fest the bills have been crowned josh allen's been crowned and he's winning MVP no matter what happens. Well, what's interesting mm. is that Jalen Hurts is plus 350 and Josh Allen is plus 120, but Jalen Hurts is undefeated and, and Josh Allen ain't. My exact point. It's interesting. It's my exact See, point. There's the, a thing, the thing is, though, I, I do get what you're saying, Mike, and also the odds favor Josh Allen right now, like the actual odds. Jalen Hurts, I, I'm not even sure will lose another game. Like they, their schedule lines up in a way where they could legitimately make a run at something historical. I don't see how they could go against him if they, for instance, go uh, 16 and one, 15 and two. I, I don't know how they're going to be able to go against him unless he actually just starts to play poorly because he's he also is padding his stats pretty well. Like he's. He's putting up those MVP type of numbers, and his schedule is much less daunting. So, I actually think right now, like I would probably say, yeah, Hertz is going to pull it off because I don't think that the level of play is going to dip enough for it to be. You know, I think the record's going to continue to be there, and the stats going to be there. And also, I like I said, I think that what Mahomes has done with what everyone terms as lesser is more impressive than what Josh Allen's done with what he's supposed to be doing. That's what that's what Josh Allen's supposed to do with this team. And Patrick Mahomes has been arguably better, if not equal, statistically. I mean, that's why that's what I'm saying there. I know that Josh Allen won the head to head, but that matters. In yeah. the MVP. In well, the it MVP. was it was a must win for Buffalo in that game. So well the in, in the MVP, it's gonna matter if if yeah. candidate one two are neck and neck for the MVP, people are going to choose Josh Allen because he beat Patrick Mahomes in the regular season. Not saying that is fair, but it just is it's just it is. it is what it is, right? Like it's 
That's just the bottom line. Not to say that uh, Mahomes is going to lose to him in the playoffs. It's just that he lost to him in the regular season. That's what we're going by. We're going by the regular season. It goes by stats. It goes by uh, flash because people love those flashy plays. Um, And it goes by just, you know, overall play. And now that you factor that into beating the other quarterback head-to-head, People are going to lean towards okay, same stats, similar stats, playing same amount of you know, you know, good football. The record is 15, 14 and three, 15 and two, whatever it is, and he beat him head to head. They're always going to give it to to the guy that won in the regular season. Um, so I, I would say Josh Allen does have the leg up, but I, I, I'm going to go Jalen Hurts. I mean, the only thing that really hurts him is, you know, no pun intended, is is his schedule. But like I said, like you don't control who you play on the schedule. You just you show up. Whoever's on the schedule is who you play. It's not his fault. But if he was playing bad, then obviously you know you wouldn't you wouldn't pick him to be MVP. The fact that he's playing this level of football and destroying teams tells me all I need to know because good teams and good players destroy bad teams. That's what they do. That's what they're supposed to do. That's what they get paid to do. And that's just the, that's their job. And he's doing his job to the, the highest of degree, being undefeated and playing great football on top of that. So, yeah, he it's, he should be the MVP, period. All right, guys. Um, real quick, because we're about to go into our playoff predictions. I'll just ask you this right off the rip, okay? I want to know your bold predictions in the AFC. Just one each, okay? One bold prediction in the AFC. One in the NFC. And then one in fantasy football. Tell me right now, and this will be our lead-in to our actual playoff predictions and award predictions that we w- we're re- revisiting what we did in the preseason and doing our midseason picks. So, bold predictions, fantasy, and reality. What we uh, got? For my AFC bold prediction, Cliff Kingsbury doesn't finish the season as the Cardinals head coach. Uh, for the NFC, the Eagles make the Super Bowl. And my bold prediction for fantasy is Joe Mixon finishes outside the top 15 in running backs. Mike, you gave us two NFCs there. Oh, my God, I did. I'm on sale. <laughs> my bad on that. I don't have an you AFC have any... one. Excuse me. It's okay. Do you, have, uh, do you have any AFC ones off the top of your head? It's it's okay. If not. Um, Nathaniel Hackett doesn't make Thanksgiving. <laughs> I would love that. I You already know how I feel. Yeah. <laughs> Leave me a shop right. Yeah. Theories, bold predictions. I think the Ravens, um, from I, I think the Ravens are going to be uh a playoff team, but I think they're gonna have a trouble, they're gonna have trouble signing Lamar Jackson. I could see a big controversy in the offseason because they're gonna Ooh. lose the first round and then then they're gonna be sitting, okay, do we pay this guy? Is he worth all the money? Uh I think there's going to be a battle there with the with the uh, the Ravens or Lamar. Um, seems to kind of starting, you know, after he beat the Bucks, he's he signed a sign saying "pay the man" or whatever. Uh, so I think you're starting to start to see some some leaves fall from that tree. Um, and for the NFC, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. The Giants uh, don't win nine games. I think the Giants wow. are. I think they're gonna finish nine and seven. Or nine and eight. I think they're. I think that. I think the cliff is coming for them. Um, yeah, that's my prediction. I don't believe in. Them. Never did. Mirage told you guys. Mirage. I don't believe in them either. But that's like, 
to, they'd have to lose another six games, and I just I don't know, man. It's coming. Wait, it's so coming. you are you suggesting that Lamar Jackson's not going to be a Raven next year? If you had I to am. say yes or no, yes. Where are you he's leaning? Not wow. he's not going to be. You know where he's going? Where? Atlanta Falcons. It, wow. It, he's he's a better player than Mariota. But this, but their their their, their skill sets are similar in in that regard. Like they had the same kind of style of play, not the skill set. The skill set is out of this world, Lamar and Mariota. But their style of play is almost similar. And Lamar could throw it better than Mariota. He could run it better than Mariota. Mariota is a poor man's Lamar. Correct. Now they have now they have Drake. <laughs> you know London. how I feel about him. I think I think Lamar Good. Jackson is going to go to the Atlanta Falcons. They have been waiting for another quarterback. They have to replace Matt Ryan. I could see them getting anxious and going after a guy like that. Yeah, it sounds crazy. I think he's a Falcon next year. Wow. I'm giving the Falcons a lot of love in this podcast. <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't even know why. <laughs> that that um, would be something. That's theories to a T right there. Um, <laughs> AFC, I mean – Oh, wait, I'm sorry. I, I, I didn't. I got to give a fantasy one? Yeah, you got one off the rip. Um, I mean, it's, it's just really bold. I think Travis Etienne is going to finish in the top five and running backs by the end of the year. Um, That's bold. You think it's bold? Yeah, I mean, he wasn't – to go from where he was to top five, I mean, that's a big jump. Yeah, yeah, put me there. I got that. I Etienne, like it, Etienne I, I, I like finishes it. Top, top five. The, the usage is out of this world. James Robinson exactly. in the air. And, and Joe Michael Hasty is not going to take up Etienne's runs. when Not when he's getting 50 yards. He gives him a breather. Run. Yeah, like he – Every game that ETN's played, he's had like a 40-yard run. He he's so fast, he's explosive. They're gonna feed him the football. I, I love it. I, I I this is great. I, I think he's gonna finish top five. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Uh, for me, NFC bold prediction. It's a two-parter. The Rams are missing the playoffs. Period. Look at us. Gonna, oh my god. I, I'm not even listen, they're gone. They're gone. Like the, <laughs> the Packers, the Packers, well, you'll see what I'm about to say next. But they're right there too, okay? But the Seahawks are getting into the playoffs. They are getting into the playoffs, guys. The Seattle Seahawks will be a playoff team. They'll be oh, – I'll tell you in a minute. I don't know. We'll talk about division in a minute, all right? Fantasy football – I think I got to go with my guy Nick Chubb remaining RB1 because I think all the talk is when Deshaun Watson comes back in a few weeks, Nick Chubb's not going to be RB1 overall, naturally, and Kareem Hunt's still there, so um, surprisingly wasn't traded. So I think that that's everyone's instant pivot is, all right, Nick Chubb's not going to be the same in fantasy for the rest of the season, and I disagree. I think he's going to finish as number one overall that's my guy. I have to go with him. Um, AFC was kind of tough. AFC was tough, guys. Um, I don't want to say this is bold. Maybe it would, would have been more bold if I actually went with my gut in the offseason. It's the Chiefs being in the Super Bowl. And I feel after they got Kadarius, Tony, and they're going to get some health back on the defense, I think the Chiefs are going to return to the Super Bowl. Um, and they are going to beat the Buffalo Bills on the way there again. And that, I mean, to most, 
I think that part sounds bold. I think everyone assumes that Buffalo is going to be there at this point. And I think the Chiefs are going to get him again, and they're going to return. Love is that, that bold baby. enough? I had a I had another bold one, but I didn't I I I, I bit my tongue on it. Go ahead. You know? Something about that Titan team over there, man. Something so there's something about being really well coached. There's something about being uh, a hard nosed football team. There's something about being a hard nosed football team in December and January. There's something about good coaching in December and January. There's just something about it that I. I internally have a weird feeling about that, but like, it, it just seems like everybody's picking the bills, the chiefs, but you know, the Eagles, like I'm curious to see who that team is going to be. Who's that team that's going to creep up in January, take somebody out. Everybody's like, Holy shit. Is this team for real? Can this team beat the bills in the, in the championship game? Like there's always a storyline behind something. So I, I'm curious. I think the Tennessee Titans have the ingredients to be that team. I, and it, and they're just so stupid for trading AJ Brown. If they had AJ Brown, I I wouldn't even hesitate to say that would be my bold prediction because they have the the weapon outside along with Derrick Henry. So I I just this team is uh, frustrating to to watch as a fan because you know you're looking at the team. They're coached well. They play hard. They're just missing the weapons on the outside to make that offense go along with Derrick Henry. If you put Derrick Henry on an offense with loaded wide receivers, it's 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 like unfair. <laughs> like, who do you guard? You're going to put eight men in the box? Okay, we're just going to do – we're going to pass on you. Okay, then if you back up, we have Derrick Henry to just run it down your throat all day long, and he could do that. He can get 200 yards and two touchdowns in the game. Regarding Henry, <laughs> uh, it's, it, he's a beast, bro. Like, Regarding him, he's he's the guy that you want in in the playoffs because it's cold as fuck. You don't want to tackle him. Like that is the team that I am I am intrigued still by. Even 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 as I was last year, I, I still think there's something about this team that is still left to be unsaid. I'm gonna throw out a caution flag too. By the way, the Bengals are not safe by any means. The Bengals. Uh, I agree with you, man. Um, <laughs> And they, I, you know, we'll get there in a second, but they were already, they were my seven seed. And you guys thought I was fucking nuts. And right Still now, do. I mean, maybe I am. I don't know, but they're not safe. Let's just put it that way. That was something okay. I almost entertained right here. I'm not going to react off of one game, though, but body of work this season, they've been, mm, what they've a been trash. Call yeah, they've been, they've been bad their offensive line can't block. I don't give a fuck who you got on the outside. I don't care if you can't block your the the, 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 the defensive line. You have no chance. You you don't have chance. You don't have a, a fucking chance. He doesn't have any time to get the wide receivers to allow the play to develop. He doesn't have the time. He's getting hit in milliseconds. It, it's you're never going to be successful if if your quarterback cannot stay upright. I don't care if you have Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson on the outside. You can't operate an offense when you don't have time to throw the football. That is their biggest issue. And it ain't going, it ain't going away. People thought they addressed, you know, they addressed that in the offseason. I'm I myself included. But it just didn't work. There, there's still holes on the offensive line that tells me I it, 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 this team is possibly going to miss the playoffs. If you can't block a lick up front, I, it, it does. The weapons on the outside don't matter. 
it, it doesn't matter. If you can't run block, Joe Mixon doesn't matter, even though he's playing pretty, pretty decent ball. But what I'm saying is you, you your, your, your offense is predicated on wide receivers. You got T Higgins, you got Tyler Boyd, you got Jamar Chase. You got three loaded wide receivers, even though Jamar Chase is out. Regardless, you still have T Higgins and Tyler Boyd to, to, to uh, score points. Those guys are capable of moving the fucking chains. So if you don't have the time, you don't have any chance to succeed. And that's exactly what's going on with the Bengals. And I don't see it happening anytime soon. So Mikey P, I salute you for saying that. Yeah, and it's true. And also Joe Burrow himself looked like doo-doo without Jamar Chase. I mean, there's a comfort level there. And obviously yeah. he's already facing enough adversity. But guys, Philly Phil, let's go one more time here because we got our playoff predictions. And it's about to get crazy, I bet. Rest of season predictions in the NFL. First, we're going right to playoff seedings. And, guys, in the interest of time, actually, I don't need you to tell me the final records of these teams. But I do want to know where every team in each conference is going to be seeded. Um, the playoff teams, obviously. So, seven seed through one. Who wants to start us off? And we're going AFC first. I'll roll. Number seven, Mikey P., you were correct. The Bengals, number six, I have the Chargers. Number five, I have the Dolphins. Number four, I have the Titans. Number three, I have the Ravens. Number two, I have the Chiefs. And number one, I have the Bills. All right, theories. Uh, at number seven, I have the Chargers. Uh, at number six, I have the Bengals. I still... Even though I just went on the rampage about them, I still believe in the talent. I, they just got to figure out the offensive line. They can figure that out. They're going to be a tough team because their defense has been playing uh, pretty well, minus last night. I don't know what that was. They couldn't stop the Browns for nothing. Um, but they're going to be in it. They had the talent. Uh, at number five, I'm going to go the Miami Dolphins. Um, this team is scary. Uh, at number four, I'm going to go with the Tennessee Titans. At number three, I'm going to go with the Baltimore Ravens. I'm going to give them some love. I've been off them all year. Um, at number two, I'm going to be with the uh, Kansas City Chiefs. And number one, I got the Buffalo Bills. So it actually looks like we all have the same teams getting in. But I'll I'll actually say, uh, ranking-wise for me, number seven, I have the Dolphins. Number six, I have the Bengals. Um Chargers are number five, Titans four, Ravens three, Chiefs two, Bills one. Guys, I have one thing I want to say about this since we're all pretty much aligned here. Um, the Ravens have the easiest strength of schedule remaining. The, the teams that they face have a 347 win percentage. I would not be surprised if the Baltimore Ravens ran the table. I'm not even kidding. Their toughest game remaining is they play the Bengals and they have the Falcons. Everything else after that, though, they got the Steelers twice. They got the Browns. They got the Broncos. They got the Panthers, Jags, Saints. All right. I almost made that my bold prediction. The Ravens could literally run the table. Right? Mm -hmm. And then also um, the Chiefs, guys, the Chiefs, 
We all talked about their schedule being impossible this year. They seem to have gotten through the worst of it. The Chiefs' remaining schedule is the fourth easiest. The other bold thing I almost said that I didn't say is the Chiefs could literally overtake the Bills despite losing that tiebreaker. It absolutely is. And they, they, they only have they have the Raven or excuse me they have the Titans the Seahawks the Chargers the Bengals, um, the Texans the Jags the Raiders the Broncos twice the Rams. It wouldn't surprise me if the Chiefs ran the table. I almost said this, but I you know ebbs and flows schedule rest somewhere along the lines. I want to give credit to the the rest of the NFL like the Ravens and Chiefs. Could lose another game or two, but I could see them both running the table because of the schedule. Crazy. Any other takeaways for you guys at the AFC? No. We're pretty much no, no, I mean, I'm going to be honest with you. The Browns kind of are uh, interesting. Oh, I was Why? this close, Nick. I was this Very close. close. Uh, I think they know the recipe is just running the football, killing the clock. I think it, I, I believe the uh, the time difference between the the Browns and the Bengals was 36 minutes to 23 minutes. It was an absolute bloodbath. Um, if you can control the clock, you can run the football, and you give your defense some rest. Good things can happen, and those are kind of games that they know that they have to to do. They have to run the football to win those games. And now and then, and then you get Deshaun Watson back. If they could be 5-5 five and five with Deshaun Watson back, if he could be 75% of the It's going to be a drop-off from Jacoby to him when he gets maybe, back. Maybe, but if he can get a couple wins, no you know, if, if they can get a couple wins... Absolutely, Mike. He hasn't played in two years. Listen. He looked like shit in that listen, preseason game listen, for a reason. If they can get a couple Jacoby's wins hurt him. Hurt them. And, get, and, and shake off the rest, this team could really take off. They could, even if they were at six and six. Even if Deshaun Watson came in and he was one and one, he lost the first game and then and then he got his feet wet and then now he could take off, right? I mean, this is the team that could be in the mix. I'll say. I mean, they were dead at two and five last week and they beat the Bengals that nobody thinks is that good and all of a sudden they're a playoff team. I'm just saying, if you can no, run the football, well, no. What I'm saying is they have the recipe to win if they can if they can replicate this until Deshaun Watson gets back, get to 500, then they have a chance. You paid the guy two hundred and thirty million dollars. You got to think highly of him. So if he's the, if he's the guy of, the, of your franchise, then yeah, I, at five and five, and if I'm Cleveland's owner and I'm five and five, and my and my two hundred and thirty million dollar quarterback is coming back, absolutely, I'm I'm I'm, I'm ecstatic about that. That's the Nick, best scenario for them. Nick, see this right here. I was this close to putting them in the playoffs, but the problem is, we do it. The problem <laughs> is, it's as simple as this. They lost two games they should have won. If they won those games, I'm right there with you because I've been on the Browns for the longest time. They yeah. they needed to win two more games. Even one would have made it possible. But the thing is, is the Dolphins going out there and getting Bradley Chubb sealed the deal for me because they were my on-the-fence team. I do think they're going to have some challenges that they haven't seen yet. But they are way too loaded with talent. And their quarterback is also not derailing them, similar to how I feel about the 49ers. Mm -hmm. It's and it's the same scheme, ironically. So it's just like it was this close for me. The Browns have the formula, they have the roster, but the defense also the defense has not been playing as well as it should either. 
So when Deshaun like, Watson comes back, do they run the table? Do they win out? No, I, I didn't know. No, well, but Mike. The best scenario the is to be 500 with their $230 million quarterback. That's in, that's intriguing to me. So he comes back week 12, right? Yes. 13, but also well, no, he, faces, he faces Houston, which is a great opportunity to knock the rust off. That is why. Uh, I'm not so sure about that because they're in Houston. You don't think Houston is going to want to get after him? We'll I'm not see. so sure about that. It's not a guarantee by any means. And that that's quite simply why none of us have them there. There's too many, there's too many question marks, and they did not do enough to to hold down the fort per se. But guys, five and five, look out. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. NFC, who wants to start us off? I'll roll this one too. Uh, number seven, I have the Seahawks and Geno Smith. <laughs> number six, I have Danny Dimes and the Giants. Number five, I have the Cowboys. Number four, I have Tampa. Number three, I have the 49ers. Number two, I have the Vikings. And number one, I have the Eagles. All right, Files. Theories. Let's hear it. This was tough for me. Um, I'm actually – I struggled with I was, seven. I was yeah, – that's, that's – Whoa. Yeah, I, I was going to say. <laughs> I was going to say. I, I, I'm right with you. I, look, it's hard to picture the playoffs without the Rams. They're, they're the Super Bowl champs, right? And it's hard for me to, to imagine that the next eight weeks is going to be the same story. I can't imagine they're not going to be a little bit better. I can't imagine with all that talent, it's going to go to waste for a bad season to miss the playoffs. It would be a tragedy for them. Um, so for that reason, I'm going to put them at seven. I got the Falcons at six. I got the Cowboys at five. I got the Bucks at four. Um, the Niners at three. The Vikings at two. And the Eagles at one. Uh, I struggled with the six and seven seeds um, in my assessment because I, I, I believe the Falcons can be a nine and eight team, hold a tiebreaker over somebody and get in. Or um, And I feel the same way about the Rams. I feel like the Rams, uh, you know, they had the talent. I just don't see them missing the playoffs. I mean, it, it doesn't look good now, but I, I, I always bet on talent, and that's that's where I'm at with them. So I think seven is fair, and um, and how I constructed it too, because I did a little bit of my re, you know research. Tom Brady is what eleven and zero against the the Cowboys or something yeah. lifeline oh uh, lifetime. He I have them playing each other in week one, in in the wild card round. Really, I think I spells trouble for Tampa too. So, um, yeah, no, that's just kind of how I designed my bracket based on scenarios that I come up with in my head. <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you what. Um, I was torn about this. I, I, I'm going to go Giants 7, okay? I'm going to go with the Giants at 7. 7 was the toughest one for me, okay? Seahawks 6, Cowboys 5, Bucks 4 with zero confidence. 49ers three, Vikings two, Eagles one. I I actually would love nothing more than than, than to see at this point. I I like the underdogs and I like good stories. With the way the Bucks and Packers have played and how they've burned me, I would love to see both of them miss it, and I would love to see the Rams <laughs> miss it. Um, the Bucks, quite simply, it's just talent on the roster for me. I think that the talent is by far still 
the best in the division. But I would not be surprised if they don't make the playoffs. And I don't see any chance of the NFC South producing two teams. The Giants, for me, it's it's as simple as this, guys. The Packers and the Cardinals, for example, at best are 9-8 and eight this year. And 9-8 and is probably not going to cut it because are the Giants seriously going to lose six more games? Mm-hmm. No, yeah. like, they are. I think that awesome. I, I do not buy the Giants at all, but they bought themselves a huge cushion here. And it's it's going to be almost insurmountable, even though their schedule is not easy the rest of the way. They have the third hardest schedule. Somewhere in, in those mix of games, I just struggle to find them losing six more games. That's a lot of games. And I... I don't. I don't think. Like I could see them losing five, but that's not going to be enough. Not, and they have the tiebreaker on the Packers, and the Cardinals right now. The head coach. I agree, Mike. I mean, I hope he's fired. The head coach is the biggest problem right there, right now, and that Absolutely. is going to stop them in a situation where the Giants have the coach. They are stable right now. I do not buy them. I think they'll be they'll they'll have the floors mopped with them in the first round. Um, that was my justification though. And the Bucks also the thing with the Bucks they have the fifth easiest schedule remaining. So it's a mixture of okay talent schedule. That was the thing here when you go through the schedule. These are the scenarios that you see. All right. So now, I guys, like any game is easy for the Bucks. They can't move the fucking football. <laughs> I I would love to see all of the the veterans out of the playoffs. I want to see some fucked up wild shit. I would love to see the Panthers get in at this point. The Falcons, I, Nick, the Falcons. I would love to see get in the playoffs. That'd be great. Just saying, I I hope that someone different wins the NFC South right now. Yeah, I hope so. so. Just like future, future prediction. Like I had the Rams at seven. I had the Eagles at one, the Vikings at two. I think the Vikings are going to play the Rams. I think the Rams are going to beat the Vikings. I think Kirk Cousins is going to be out of there. Um, And then the divisional round, the Rams come to Philly. Eagles beat them convincingly. And you know what's going to happen is to be the man, you got to beat the man. The Rams were the man last year. The Eagles, they're going to hear all that talk. Oh, their, you know, their, their schedule was soft, blah, blah, blah. They're going to discredit the Eagles. The Eagles are going to dismantle the Rams. And the Eagles are going to go to the Super Bowl. That's what's going to happen. It's, wow. it's perfect. So here, here. Like, Nick. So I'm I want like you to fucking pictures for you guys. I want you to repeat I'm... this one more time because now for the audience, we're picking – who's getting to the AFC and NFC championship games. So Nick, you just yeah. said yeah. NFC. So tell us tell us one more time who you have in the NFC championship game. I got the Don't... Eagles and I got the Niners. Okay. Niners at Eagles. Pauls, yeah. NFC championship. E- e- uh, Eagles, Niners. I am the same with you guys. I have 49ers really? at the Eagles. All right. Lit. All right. <laughs> AFC. <laughs> AFC championship uh, game. Who's getting there? Chiefs and Bills. Me too, Pauls. Theories. Ah, it just seems so fucking easy. Just say it. Just plug those two teams in. Call it a day. Got a class of the AFC. I, bro. I get it. I get it. But there's always a surprise somewhere along the lines. I'm gonna go. 
I'm going to go Bills Dolphins. Bryce Harper, two run homer. That's why we got to speed the fuck it's up. Lit, Come on. It's lit. Yeah, let's speed it up. Fuck. I, I, got, Dolphins. I, got Bills. I got Bills and Dolphins. At Bills. I think it, it will be the Ravens, if not. I just said it. Yeah, my wife's saying Harper home run, and she's freaking. All right. Super Bowl matchup. Who's getting to the game? are playing while we're potting. We're not playing. Chiefs over Eagles. Chiefs over Eagles. Got it. Aries. I got the Eagles over the Bills. I got the Eagles over the Bills. I'm trying to I'm trying to convince myself that to make it like a reality because the Bills are just like ridiculous. But I got the Eagles over the Bills. Two bowl MVPs, guys, and I'll tell you my champ in a sec. Pauls, who's your MVP? Mahomes? Mahomes. Theories? I'm going to say Josh Allen, and the only reason why is because I have I'm sorry? As the loser of the game? No, I got Josh Allen. Oh, you're talking about the MVP. Yeah, MVP of the game. Super Bowl MVP. Yeah, no, I I I got the the um I got Jalen Hurts Super Bowl MVP because Josh Allen is going to be the NFL MVP this year, um, and yeah, that's how I feel about it. Actually, I lied. I think Jalen Hurts is going to be the, be the MVP, and he's going to be the Super Bowl MVP. He's going to be the first quarterback to do so since Kurt Warner. There you go. Um, I I have the Eagles over the Chiefs. And uh, really, for me, Andy losing to his old team. I have Andy beat his old team. My thing is, if the Eagles get there, they're winning it because the Eagles have the roster to beat the AFC and they can run the football down your throat in the playoff game. And that's the thing. They have the recipe to beat these AFC stalwarts. All right. Last but not least, guys, this is just we're running through them for the sake of recording it. All right. NFL MVP. Nick, you just said Hurts. I also yeah. say Jalen Hurts first since Kurt Warner. I agree with you. Theory Me uh, too. Pauls, MVP. Hurts. Hurts. Offensive player of the year. Josh Allen. Tyree Kill. I got Hurts. Clean it up. All right. Defensive player of the year. Micah Parsons. Micah, Micah Parsons. All right. Offensive rookie of the year. I got Kenneth Walker. Kenneth Walker. I have Brees Hall, but I'm going to go Kenneth Walker as well. It would have been Hall. I agree. Defensive rookie of the year. Sauce Gardner. Sauce Gardner. That's easy. Run away. Agreed. He's he might be the best cornerback in the league right now. Agreed. And I think Tariq Woolen's going to be the runner-up, guys. All right. Comeback player of the year. I got Saquon. Uh, so do, uh, No, for comeback player of the year, I have Derrick Henry. Regarding Henry. Regarding Henry. You too, Nick? I got Christian McCaffrey. CMC, all good choices. Fantasy MVP, I got Nick Chubb taken in the third round. What? I have Austin Eckler. I think he's on He's on the path. Yeah, Austin Eckler, bro. <laughs> it's a crime. Yeah, yeah, a running back getting 16 targets <laughs> is fucking crazy. That's so I don't care, dude. Like That's insane. It's cool yeah, when they guy- do it. He's expected to do that. He's a first-round pick. Nick Chubb was taken in the third round. Value. Value. He's going to be RB1. That's fair, but people people wrote off Austin Eckler as well. 
Wow. They have. Well, they did. They did figure it out, and obviously, they need to get in the ball more. All right, coach of the year. I got Sirianni. No brainer. Brian Dable. Oh, fair choice. Oh, I like that. Yeah, I'm in it. Um, I'm gonna go Mike McDaniel. Oh, yeah. Runner up for me, guys. Pete Carroll. GM of the year. Howie Roseman. Howie Roseman. I don't even think it's uh, funny either. Yeah, it has to be Howie. Yeah. Because just simply off of AJ alone. Yeah, Howie Roseman. I agree. Howie Roseman. All right. That's going to do it, everybody. We've got to get to the Phillies game. Um, yeah. Episode 118 of PI was brought to you by Playmaker and Prize Picks. Daily fantasy made easy. Also, we were live at the Props Network at PropsHQ.com. Be sure to go over there and subscribe to PI and keep up with football. Fantastic fabric. PI merch courtesy of IBP Pressworks. Look at Theories and Pauls. They're wearing the gear today. All right. Don't forget to DM us for pricing and details. And one last time, our show on Thursday is also at 7 o'clock. We're doing our week nine picks. We're going to just go right off the bat with the picks. We have the Phillies again on Thursday. All right? Maybe even a clinching game. We'll see. And that, my friends, go Phillies. Fly, Eagles, fly. We're going to kill Houston as a city this week. Eagles Thursday night football in Houston. All right? Series, do your thing. Thank you guys for hanging out with us. We appreciate all the love, support, and the comments. If you guys haven't done so already, please don't forget to like, subscribe, and hit the notification bell on YouTube. We are also available on PropsHQ.com, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeart, Megaphone, Stitcher, and all that other crud. Also, follow us on all of our socials as you don't want to miss our daily content on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. And we will see you guys this Thursday at P&I, baby. Go Phils.